Action Network podcast. It's time! Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is your betting preview for UFC 274. I'm Sean Zerill, joined today by my guy, Billy Ward, former professional MMA fighter. We're going to talk about both main events, both title fights, the men's lightweight title fight and the women's strawweight title fight. We're also going to talk about the featured bout between Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler. Give you our favorite underdog plays on the card. Billy's going to talk some DFS and we're going to get you out of here with our favorite bets. Let's jump right into the main event. Justin Gaethje plus 145, Charles Oliveira, the current champion, minus 170, Gaethje, the former interim champion. This is a highly, highly volatile fight. Charles has had 27 career UFC fights, 24 of which have ended inside the distance. Gaethje, nine UFC fights, eight have ended inside the distance. And frankly, I don't know how his last fight with Michael Chandler went the full 15 minutes. Seemed like Gaethje should have been out at one point on his feet. Chandler got knocked down viciously, thought his head was going to fly into the third row from an uppercut. And I could see this one being extremely volatile as well because these are two of the best action fighters, not only in the UFC right now, but maybe in UFC history. Charles is probably going to try to pressure early, which he does to most fighters, and that could be to his detriment. He is a great technical striker, probably a better technician on the feet and more versatile than what Gaethje offers. And that could prove to be his downfall. We've seen him get knocked down badly in both fights, Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier, both of his title fights recently. Some refs might have ended the fight, called him out. He invited those fighters to the ground. They didn't really follow him there, allowed him time to recover, get back to his feet. And eventually he ended up finishing both of them. Now he was able to put Chandler down. So that tells you something about his power. The fact that Gaethje couldn't put Chandler down and Charles knocked him out with a check left hook, eventually put him away with ground strikes. But Gaethje's boxing is very dangerous. And if Charles tries to hang out in space, stands in front of him, he does not move his head well, could absolutely see Gaethje putting him down or putting him out with a combination. But if Charles ends up initiating the grappling right away and is able to get past Gaethje's takedown defense, Gaethje, a great wrestler, very good takedown defense. But once you break through that first level takedown defense, he's very susceptible on the mat, very susceptible to the grappling. We saw Khabib run right through him and submit him. Khabib didn't do to any previous opponent. That kind of tells you something about Gaethje's grappling once the fight does hit the mat. Standing rear naked choke, always a possibility for Charles. I love the unders here. I like the unders before this came out. Could have told me blind the under is under one and a half is plus money. Sure. What about that? I would have thought it would be juiced. The under one and a half sitting around plus 150. I sprinkled that prop. I much prefer the under two and a half and the under three and a half. The under two and a half sitting around minus 145 at DraftKings. I bet an under three and a half at minus 210 at points bet. I think those are both tremendous bets. Given how these guys fight, I have a really difficult time seeing this fight go 15 minutes let alone 20 minutes or even 25. I'm happy to accept losing all three of those wagers just based upon how this fight's going to play out. Billy, I'm having a tough time picking a side of this money line because of the volatility, because of the variance that you could experience. Does Charles recover quickly if he gets hit with a big strike? I'm expecting him to get hit with a big strike. And does Gaethje defend the takedowns and keep this on the feet? Does Charles decide to keep it on the feet himself? So really could see it playing out in a variety of ways, but I expect somebody to get finished in violent fashion at some point. Do you have a side here? Are you playing totals? How are you interested in betting this fight? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think either side of the money line is a great value. 
if I was betting that, I think Oliveira at minus 165 is probably the right side of that. It's It comes back to that two out of three phases thing we talk about where he's the better striker and he's definitely better if it gets to the ground. That power is is the question mark because Gaethje has the power advantage. And, you know, can Oliveira get it to the ground against the superior wrestler? Those are both question marks, but I still think, you know, when he's pretty clearly superior in one of the phases, and in my opinion, has an advantage in the other. I do like that even at minus 165. What I'm really looking for is live betting opportunities on Oliveira. We talked about live betting a lot last week. One thing I should have gotten to but didn't is how much leg kicks can add up. You know, with any market, we're trying to look for something that's not priced into the line we see. And it's very possible to land four or five leg kicks in a round that you lost but still be set up better moving forward. And Oliveira has all the upside in that regard here. Gaethje's not really a great kicker. Oliveira tends to land a lot of them. So I could see around where Oliveira gets hurt maybe plays possum a little bit like we were talking about to try to get Gaethje to follow him to the ground but if he's landed four or five leg kicks in there those add up over time so if we see him getting close to even money or even you know minus 120 that's what I'm looking for after the first or second rounds if he's beating up that front leg of Gaethje yeah Gaethje can hammer Charles's leg a little bit but actually what I think could be the bigger discrepancy is the front kicks and the knees from Charles if he's able to hammer Gaethje with teeth kicks to the body potentially get inside in the clinch, hammer with some knees to the body. I think that a type of attritional work can actually wear on Gaethje pretty quickly. We saw him tire out, running around the cage from Khabib, tired up pretty quickly, actually. And people thought he had fantastic cardio before that. But if you give him the type of fight he wants, I think he can punch all day, box all day, kind of avoid you play Matador and keep throwing combinations, countering, stepping off. But if you're going to force him back against the cage, pressure him and hit him to the body, I think you can wear him down pretty quickly. So I actually agree. Carl, Charles has the cardio advantage, in my opinion. And I don't think that's necessarily the consensus opinion. I would actually think more people suspect that Gaethje has the cardio advantage. He's been five rounds. Charles has never been to a fourth round in his career. But it's the unders there for me. Let's talk about the co-main event. Thug Rose minus 225. Rose Namahunas, the current strawweight champion in a rematch with Carla Esparza. This was the first strawweight title fight in UFC history back in 2014. Carla won by third round submission. Rose was very young into her professional career at that point. She'd only had three professional fights leading into that. It was the tough finale. Rose has gone five rounds more recently, twice, I believe, in her past three fights. Carla has gone five rounds before, back in Invicta, once she won the Invicta championship. Hasn't done it in a while. And she has the type of style where I worry about her ability to survive into the fourth and fifth round. She's going to be need to be very, very aggressive with her wrestling here. That said, I expect her to have some early success, potentially a ton of early success, maybe even for the first three rounds. Rose's takedown defense is not good. She got taken down by Wiley Zhang multiple times, got mounted, had her back taken. And Zhang is not a grappler. She trained grappling leading up to that fight, but she's not primarily a wrestler. She's a striker first and foremost. The fact that she had so much success grappling Rose would give me huge pause about laying a big juicy price on Rose. I made Carla closer to 40% here. I said my main concern is that she tires out from those championship rounds. If she's shooting 20 takedowns through the first three rounds, she might look pretty bad in the fourth and fifth round. I could see Rose staging a late comeback, knocking her out. Rose's submission game from the bottom doesn't really concern me. I think Carla's top game is better than Rose's bottom game. Throws good ground and pound. We saw that in her last fight, stopping her opponent. Has a good submission game too. Very good top game. Very good wrestler. Actually see her having most of the early success here, provided she can take Rose down. If she can't take Rose down, she's going to be screwed anyway. But my biggest concern is those later rounds, if she has to shoot takedowns over and over again. 
depends how often Rose gets up. So Rose, the more dangerous striker, but Carla has all the grappling upside, in my opinion. I bet Carla here at plus 185. I said I projected it closer to 40% or plus 150. Maybe jumping live on Rose after round one or round two if she loses both of those rounds to top control. Do you kind of see it playing out the same way? Do you give Rose more of a chance for having early success, Billy? I do think you'll get a better live price at least after round one. I'm expecting Carla to at least land a takedown and win that first round. Yeah, I like this line a lot better when you get Rose. I think it was like minus 180 or something at the open. That I was considering. I didn't bet it, and then it moved against me. So I'm laying off this one free fight. But I'm with you on the live. And what I'll be looking for is just how many takedowns it takes as far as to get her down. Because it is extremely tiring to continue to work for takedowns, especially if your opponent's kind of just leaning up against the fence and resting and working underhooks and stuff. The the offensive wrestler there is just burning a ton more energy than the one defensively. But there's certainly scenarios out there where as far as has to shoot three or four takedowns before she gets one in the first round or two, ends up winning the round because she eventually gets it, but just expends a ton of energy. So that's what I'm looking for, much like in the main event, looking to see if we can get minus 120, even money, anything like that. If I had to bet this pre-fight, I kind of like Rose inside the distance at plus 200. I think it could be an attritional stoppage down the line. We've seen her with good kicks and good striking. She's a ton taller and longer than Esparza, which also makes the takedowns harder, but it gives her a chance to land shots on the way in if Esparza keeps shooting. But like like you, I don't really think there's a ton of value on either side initially, or on the favorite at the very least, but I'm looking live as my primary interest. Yeah, I think the under is interesting in general. The fight to end inside the distance at plus money. I can see Carla finishing her from top. Could see Carla tying, tiring out late and getting finished herself, or I could just see Rose finishing her on the feet in general. So that's basically three or four opportunities that I look for for a fight to end by a finish or potentially live, and you're getting plus money on it. I didn't bet it myself. I prefer the Esparza money line, but I see some credence to the under, certainly. Let's talk about some underdogs. Now, Carla may actually be my favorite underdog in the card. My other favorite underdog is a bet that Billy has in best bet. So I'm not going to spoil that one because we're both on that underdog too in another women's fight. But I am going to give out a third underdog that I'm on, Journey Newsom, in the first fight, the curtain jerker on the card, going against a debutante. I don't think Newsom should be the underdog here. I think he should be favored. I wasn't really impressed by what I saw on Garcia from the contender series. I don't really get this line. I think it should be a pick em at worst, getting around plus 125 on a fight that should be a coin flip. I don't really need to give you much more information than that. Plus 125, flip a coin 100 times. I think I'm going to come out ahead. I just don't see much from Garcia that I like. And Newsom is an established UFC fighter, has some decent skills. Give him the grappling upside too. So grappling upside plus money somewhere I'm always going to side. Not a huge bet. I said prefer two other underdogs on the card. But if you want to get your action started early, Journey Newsom at plus 125 is not a bad bet. Billy, I have some prop ways that I'm playing your favorite underdog on the card, but tell me why you like Joe Lozon to upset Donald Cerrone. Well, real quick before we get there, if anyone's looking to bet Newsom, sooner rather than later, because that line has already moved from 135 to 125 in his favor, and you might be right in that it closes closer to a pick So if anyone wants plus money on that, now is the time. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at Joe Lozon. Kind of makes me sad. I'm a big Cerrone fan. This is a really tough fight to handicap because Lozon hasn't fought in two and a half years. And Donald Cerrone actually hasn't won a fight in the whole time that Lozon's been off. But we're really just looking at who is who still has anything left in the tank. And I give the edge to Lozon. He's about two years younger, a year and a half younger. He's had about 10 total fights, and he hasn't taken the bad recent knockouts that Cerrone has. That two and a half years off might actually work in his favor because he was knocked out, I think, in three two of the three losses he had before his last win. But Cerrone just keeps getting knockout, keeps getting 
you know, bad finishes, keeps taking damage. And it, pushing 40 years old, that's not a fighter I want to bet on. So I would take Lowe's on it closer to even money here, but probably I'd take him down to about plus 110 or 120. I think you can still get some uh, 150s or 145s out there. That's more than enough for me. Really, anything can happen in this fight between, you know, two older legends that probably aren't as durable as they once were. But I'll take the guys had a couple years off and been a little bit more durable in recent memory. Stroni knocked out by Alex Morono almost exactly a year ago, and that's a bad look. Morono, not a power puncher, more of a point fighter. For that, didn't get knocked out by Nico Price, but took a ton of damage in that fight. I believe there was a 10-8 round in there. or I, th- I think that was a draw to a point deduction, but either way, ton of damage in that fight, and then before that, knocked out in three of his five losses. I don't know if he's won a round in the UFC since beating Ally Akinta in 2019, so it's been a while for Donald Cerrone since he's looked like the best version of himself. I'm on lows on small. But as I mentioned, there are a couple props that I prefer on that fight on the lows and side. So I only bet the money line enough to cover those props. Let's talk about the fight tonight. We have to talk about the featured route between Michael Chandler sitting at minus 400 and Tony Ferguson at plus 300. Now, based purely off of line discrepancy relative to his recent fights, maybe there's value on Tony. I don't see it. But he closes as a favorite against both Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira, both guys fighting in the title fight. Closed or he opened minus 130 against Benil Dariush, ended up closing as an underdog. The fact remains, he either opened or closed as a favorite against each of his past three opponents, all of which are much higher level than what he's facing in Michael Chandler. Not much higher level, but definitely a tier up in my opinion. I don't know if Tony's going to survive the first round here. Michael Chandler is about as dangerous of a fighter as there is on the planet for round one, five to seven minutes. He seems to just be burst after burst after burst, and then he eventually gasses out. So don't like him in five-round fights. Prefer him in three-round fights. Could see him easily winning the first two rounds. He also has the wrestling upside here. We've seen Tony's grappling get completely exposed by both Dariush and Charles Oliveira. But the wrestling is what was really concerning. It's very apparent that Khabib would have just run right through Tony had they ever fought. He doesn't offer much resistance to takedowns from lesser wrestlers. And I think Chandler can probably wrestle him whenever he wants. Can he hold him down for extended periods? Not really sure. Tony has pretty good scrambles, has a good guard, can throw up triangles. His, his rubber guard that he plays, that 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu style, he can be dangerous in the guard, but Michael Chandler is very difficult to submit. I just think it's more likely that Tony is getting his head beat in for the first five minutes. Is he able to survive? He's one of the most durable guys in UFC history. Took an absolute beating for 25 minutes against Justin Gaethje. Referee stoppage late while he was still on the feet. I don't even know if he ever got knocked down in that fight, but it was an absolute brutalization. And that was probably a career-altering beating. Chandler hits like an absolute truck, might hit harder than anybody at 155 in terms of his early power. I don't know if Tony's going to survive that round one, though. If he does, maybe a live bet on Tony after round one. You might get plus 700. You might get plus 1,000 if it's a 10-8 round. Yeah, I'll bet on Tony to stage a comeback at big big odds for small stakes. But I have no interest in taking this pre-fight money line at plus 300. When if you wait five minutes, you're likely to get double or even triple that price. How are you betting this fight? I know we don't want to see Tony get executed on a public stage, but it seems like that's entirely possible. Yeah, I'm in lockstep with you. I think Chandler's uh, round one prop and plus 225 is the best odds on that right now. But this is really a fight I'm just, I'm far more interested in watching this fight than I'm betting this fight. You pointed out that he was a favorite, close to a favorite in his last three fights. Each of those guys, we didn't know how good they were until after they fought Tony Ferguson. 
you know, Darius has really risen through the rankings in the last year or so. Oliveira wasn't like this dominant champion that we're thinking of him now. And even Gaethje hadn't been quite the performances that he had since then at the time he fought Ferguson. And then to your other point about the durability, a lot of guys are super durable until the moment they're not. And when you keep taking the kind of damage he has, like we've seen it with guys like Chuck Liddell was a great example, like just iron chin. Nobody could finish him. Rashad Evans knocked him out. Then there's three or four in a row, including Tito when he was like 50 years older, whenever they did that. But I, I think we might be at that point with Ferguson. I think this might be the turning point and putting him in there with the dangerous power puncher is probably the time to find out if you have any chin left. And I'm not sure that he does. So I like that round one line. And like you said, you know, if he takes a bad beating, but managed to survive round one, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on the live line, but nothing major on it. A lot of people betting the over one and a half or a lot of people betting the fight to end inside the distance here. I actually disagree with both of those plays. The over one and a half, that's when Tony's going to be in the most dangerous in the first round. And if you're betting the over one and a half, just bet the fight to go to a distance at a big plus number. I, if Tony survives that round one, I think it's pretty likely that it actually ends up going to the scorecards. But on the other hand, I think the fight to end inside the distance could be an absolute trap for the same reasons. If Tony ends up surviving that first round, I don't know if he's getting finished. So just bet the round one prop, like you said, or find a live look on Tony. I think those are the best two ways to play the fight. I really don't have any interest in playing this fight from any other perspective. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the amount you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends, make some money. Make sure to use promo code ACTION and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code ACTION when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Okay, let's talk about our favorite prop bets. We actually have a fight that we have altering or differing props on, which I think is cool because this would have been potentially our fight of the night had we not wanted to talk about Chandler and Ferguson. Randy Rudeboy Brown versus Chaos Williams. Chaos, an absolute knockout artist. Tell me why you think he's getting knockout over Randy Brown tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. He's a total knockout artist. All of his UFC wins have been knockouts, except against Semmelsberger. And we've kind of seen Semmelsberger look pretty indestructible. He's taken some big shots and just walked through them. So I'm not going to hold that one against Chaos. You know, his knockdown rate is nearly three times the UFC average. And Brown is a longer, taller fighter, but Chaos has crazy reach for his height. He only is actually an inch shorter in terms of reach than rude boy so i don't see how he has a hard time getting inside on him you know he can cover that distance pretty quick super explosive super athletic so if he's going to win this one i think it's a knockout and you can get that at plus 190 instead of laying like minus 115 or minus 120 whatever his money line odds are i don't see him winning minutes or winning rounds especially with the grappling disadvantage he probably has so if you're going to bet on chaos and you think he's going to win it you might as well get the plus money on the knockout instead of betting his money line yeah, and I think you made all the points for me in terms of Randy Brown winning a decision here. I expect him to be the minute winner. I think he has the grappling upside. 
I'd actually be most concerned that he ends up submitting chaos if this fight hits the mat. Randy Brown by decision, plus 360 at FanDuel. I think that's a terrific price. I projected this closer to plus 275. So I think it's a fairly binary fight. Chaos by knockout, Randy Brown by decision. I could see Brown submitting him, but I like the number on that prop, his decision prop for me. My other favorite props on this card, we talked about the Joe Lozon fight. Billy made all the points about Donald Cerrone being shot. Joe Lozon coming off a long layoff. Bit concerned about that, but I actually think that helps his durability, if anything. We don't know how he's going to come back skills-wise in his late 30s. That said, Cerrone is very vulnerable early in these fights. Lozon round one plus 720. It was as high as 10 to one yesterday at FanDuel. I think it was even 14 to one earlier in the day. Lozon round one absolutely will be a bet for me. In addition to his inside the distance odds at around plus 300, I think I got plus 330 potentially. Either way, plus 300, plus 275, that's all fine. I projected it at plus 275. About a tenth of a unit on that round one prop, a quarter of a unit on the inside the distance prop. I think that's the better way to play Lozon but I also bet his money line around plus 160. Small in order to cover those props too. Those are our favorite props for Saturday night. Let's talk some DFS angles, Billy. I know you're going to talk about the Cerrone and Lozon fight here as well because we do see so much volatility and the potential for a finish. I'm sure the main event will be on your DFS cards as well. What other fights are you looking at targeting? Who are you building lineups around? And I got to ask because you always use both fighters from the main event in your, your cash lineups, considering we could see an early finish, does that dissuade you, especially considering we have another 25-minute fight right below that? Yeah, the, these uh, cards with multiple five-round fights are really fun and interesting for DFS from like a game theory standpoint because you pretty much always use both fighters in a five-round fight. But if you do that in both five-round fights this week, you're guaranteeing yourself two losses. And even in cash, that can be tricky. But, you know, we saw we just saw just last week Rob Font lost a 25-minute fight but put up like the third or fourth highest score on the slate. So I think I'm probably going to use just all four of those title fighters in there. Just because, you know, if there is an early stoppage in the main event, I honestly think Gaethje has probably the better odds of getting a real quick stoppage. And he's get, coming in it so cheap that I'm fine with that. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, the two fights that I'm looking at, and it scares me because they're both really high-variance fights here, are the OSP Shogun Hua fight and Cerrone Lozon. Those are the two fights outside of the main event with the longest odds to stop. You know, both feature very old fighters on both sides of it, guys that probably don't have the durability they're going to. And both guys, your both fights are probably going to end in a finish and probably pretty violently. So I'm just mixing and matching across those fights. I don't have a really strong take. You know, I'm betting Lozon as the underdog, but would it shock me if Cerrone knocks him out with a head kick 30 seconds in? Of course not. So if you're multi-entering tournament lineups, I'm just mixing and matching around those fights. And then I also do really like Michael Chandler. We talked about, we're both betting him to win early. You know, if he gets a first round win or, you know, even especially a first minute win, he's going to put up a big score. So that's why I'm looking on the high end. And then I'm going to preempt you on this because I know you're going to point out some of these female fights that are likely to go longer. We're going to talk about her in best bets, but I really like Melissa Gatto. She's a slight underdog. That fight is not likely to end inside the distance. So she's a really good safe cash game play. And I think she has all the finishing upside in her bout. So I like her for tournaments as well if you need to save some salary. I like Melissa Gatto too. I bet her to win inside the distance. I bet her money line. Tell me why Melissa Gatto is your best bet for Saturday against Tracy Cortez. It's loops in with the DFS stuff, but I just think she has all the finishing upside in her bout. If it goes 15 minutes, she's got a ton of opportunities to finish Tracy Cortez. Gatto has really good kicks. We saw her break someone's arm on a check kick. You know, that's even one that she blocked. And then she's she's finished both of her UFC appearances by 
stoppage. I don't know really why she's such an underdog here. She's undefeated. She has some good even pre-UFC wins. She submitted Carol Hosa before she came into the UFC. And I just haven't been super impressed with Tracy Cortez's wins. You know, they've been decisions. They haven't been even especially dominant decisions with a split in the last one. So I think this fight should be about a pick or if anything, Gatto favored. You're seeing her about 130. That's an easy pick for me. Yeah, Cortez the better wrestler, but Gatto both the better striker and the better grappler, in my opinion. Much more finishing upside. Definitely love her at a plus number. Really, really good guard. I think if Cortez tries to lay in that guard, she's going to end up getting finished. Maybe she takes the back. Maybe she's able to body triangle and hold Gatto for extended stretches. But I think Gatto is going to be too strong for her. And when this is on the feet, I think Cortez is going to be in a lot of trouble. So I'm on Gatto as well. I know I talked about Journey Newsom in the best underdog bet section. It's Gatto and Esparza for me as my favorite underdogs on this card. And I already gave you guys my best bet, but I'm going to reiterate it. Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, under two and a half rounds at minus 145. I also played the under one and a half smaller. I played the under three and a half as well, but I think that under two and a half is the sweet spot at around minus 145. I like it up to about minus 160. I have a very difficult time seeing this fight go for extended stretches. I think Charles either breaks Justin eventually or Justin finishes Charles pretty early and violently. That'll do it for us. Thank you for tuning into the Action Network podcast, UFC 274 betting preview. For Billy Ward, I'm Sean Zarillo. Best of luck on Saturday night.